On this episode, we learn from others' crowdfunding mistakes, save you money on indie games, and listen as the horrors sneak up behind you in the games we talk about this week. Put your adventuring pants on. This is episode 17 of the Indie Game Riot. Everybody is Josh and Jan. This is episode 17 of the Indie Game Riot. I don't know why I'm talking about like that, but you know that's what I do. I do weird things because who the hell cares, really? Right, guys? Yeah. Right. Because you're weird. I we're well, weird. we're weird. Everyone's weird. It's good stuff. But what has been going on with you? Uh, Tech went first last time, and yeah. uh, so let's go with Rev. Rev, what's been going on? I'm celebrating an event from home. And uh, I had a really cool job interview. No, uh, so uh, last last week I got a uh, got a job interview. Probably I want to say Tuesday, and uh, and it was with their senior engineer, relatively small company, uh, but uh, they they seemed to like the idea of indie game riot because that came up in the interview. Oh really? And, uh, yeah. What they wait? Uh, did they ask questions? Uh, yeah, he asked a couple. Of, uh, I was interviewing with a gentleman by the name of Dylan. He was their their senior engineer, and uh, and we were kind of talking, you know, tech wise and all of that. It seemed to fit in really well, and uh, and he was like, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, what do you do for a hobby? And I was like, well, you know, uh, at the moment I hit people with sticks and explained medieval combat to them, and then uh, and he was like, do you have any other side things that you do? I'm like, well, I play I play a lot of games and and uh, right now I'm doing this little podcast called uh, Indie Game Riot and and he was like, oh, you do a podcast? What, what's it about? I was like, well, the title seems, like, in my mind I'm sitting here going, the title seems fairly self-explanatory, so <laughs> I, and I also want the job, so I don't think I'm going to be my normal snarky self. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just kind of explained out the explained out the podcast to him, and he just goes, oh, that's that's really cool. So what kind of games do you guys talk about? And I was like, literally anything and everything. That, that's Indie in- games. Do you understand <laughs> English? Well, no. He was, he was thinking I hope he's listening more, to this now, like, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, if you are Dylan, I'm not talking sad about you. Uh, so that, yeah, well, that'd so, be cool. It'd be even cooler though if he was like, he was like, "Oh, for real, indie game, right?" Wow, I love yeah. this show. That would've been awesome. That, that would've been. Awesome. He'd be like, "You're hired." Right yeah. <laughs> indie game ride gets you hired. New slogan. Yeah. That that's gonna be our next slogan. Indie game ride getting you hired since 2004. <laughs> hired, not hire. <laughs> To be fair, <laughs> yeah, really. To, to be fair, though, I would totally put this on a resume. Like, yeah, I'm a co-host of the Indie Game Riot, which is a weekly podcast. Like, we've done this for what is it, 17 weeks? This would be the 17th week, yes. Well, that, eight, that's a lot. Well, no, 18th eight, week. No, no, 17th. We've done 18 shows because Indie Three. Oh yeah, because yeah. that week that we missed, we missed once. D- did we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. So. Yeah, because I had a baby. 
Yeah, which, which is, you know, obvious. You know, Josh having a baby sitting in the hospital, like, you know. I yeah. mean, that usually doesn't still, happen, so. still say we should have done the episode from the hospital. That um, really, like, <laughs> but I, every once in a while, you just hear a beep. I do actually oh. put this on my resume, though. I mean, I don't say Indie Game Riot specifically. I just say I just say internet personality or something like that, yeah. and then and then when they ask about it, I explain. But yeah, that that's a good idea. I I should probably do that. But I mean, like giving them a link on the resume is always good. So true, yeah. good point. So yeah, really really good interview. I should hear back uh, early since I haven't heard back at this point this week. Uh, I should should hear back uh, early next week. And uh, based on on what Dylan was was expressing to me, uh, I was a better candidate than the first person that interviewed that week or the week before. And they only had one other person interviewing, and they've got two slots that they're going for. So awesome. Come in first or second, either way, money is is money. So yeah, that'd be awesome. I I, uh, I, I like uh, uh, exchanging my my time for currency. <laughs> exactly. So, what uh, what are you expecting now? <laughs> 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 Ain't yeah. got none of that, sir. Uh, well, so how about you, Tech? Yeah, man. I I bit my tongue yesterday really bad. <laughs> that's your big news i bit my I, tongue I mean, um yeah i i it was i mean I, I started classes again um so i'm pretty much just chilling in the game lounge watching people play games that i'm like wow that developer really did a good job on that game <clears throat> no it didn't and then you should <laughs> and then you and then you like throw indie game right business cards into the air yeah, no, that's something we need to get. We need to get any indie ride indie game wow. Indie game riot business cards. But I bit my tongue. And for those of you who bite your tongue, you're like, oh no, I bit it, and then I'm gonna bit it bite it again and it, it's gonna hurt really bad. No, I was like bleeding really bad. It's purple right now. And so if I sound like I can't talk right today, it's because I have this big lump on the side of my tongue that Actually you sound better than usual. Oh well, well that's good. Uh, maybe I <laughs> maybe I should have fallen off my bike more often as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only hit one telephone pole, and it made me never ride by that telephone pole. One parked yet. car. Yep, one parked car. Um, also, I learned this week that um, Hello Kitty uh, is not a is cat. Not, is not a cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for those of you who have been living under the rock uh, under a rock since the under, 80s, under the rock under the rock because there's only one. If you haven't heard of Hello Kitty, you don't go outside, or you're like a Baptist in the South. Dwayne Johnson doesn't like Hello Kitty, so you can never hear the news. <laughs> yes, exactly. But apparently, Hello Kitty looks like a cat, kind of acts like a cat, not a cat. And so well, that's a thing. And I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I'm not a a guy who goes around watching Hello Kitty. I remember waking up early in the morning one day uh, before school, like elementary school, and seeing a Hello Kitty show on like. I never, and, I, and I'm like, wow. I never I understood it. I never I, I got it either. Hello Kitty and the the uh, Domo thing. Yeah. Uh, I never really understood like how they're popular or what they are. I, I think it's just like I, it might be a mixture of one very relatable, cool, cute icons that are perpetrated by the media and heavily funded marketing campaigns to just make shit tons of money. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. So so, like so what about you, Josh? Yeah, Transformers. <laughs> exactly Transformers. Transformers. What a they, they were the bane of my toy experience when I was a child. Yeah. Well they I never Power transformed. Rangers Power Rangers were I did like yeah. 
Power Rangers Ninja Turtles. Uh, well, yeah. about me, nothing really, nothing, nothing, nothing really going on uh, the past week. Tomorrow, though, uh, since it's Labor Day coming up around here, they have a thing called the Capona, which is like a, it's, it's kind of like a fair, but there's, you know, you know the Susquehanna River, right, Tech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It flows into the Chesapeake, and Rev, yep. you, I don't know if you do since you're I'm, over there. But I'm familiar with the river. Yeah, the, the river flows yeah. through the town, uh, Harrisburg here. And uh, they on the riverfront, they always have this thing for Labor Day where they have rides and food and games and all sorts of stuff. And then they have fireworks at the end of the day. I'm planning on going that to, going to that tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how my children, especially my two-year-old, will react to the fireworks. <laughs> because uh, like we took her to the 4th of July... And it was fine, though, because it was, like, way far back, and she ended up falling asleep halfway through anyway. But this one's, like, right underneath the fireworks, because they're just right across the river that they're shooting them off from. Not even the whole way across. It's, like, an island in the middle of the river. And it's going to be loud. And I remember when I was young, I used to think that the fireworks, when they exploded, would rain fire down upon me. So I hid my my intelligent, uh, I don't know, four-year-old self would hide under a blanket thinking that would protect me from a fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, that isn't too far off if you've been to, like, one of the, like, a house party that has mortars. Well, uh, because, I'm, like, you know, <laughs> it off, and, and, and it, go, it goes bang, and then everything disappears, and you hear this little pitter-patter on the roof. A little pitter-patter. And you're like, that, that's ashes. That's a little scary. Hmm. Maybe this is a little bit more dangerous. That's I why don't th- think the people who are lighting those should have more beer. That's oh, why look, they're not legal. Beer. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Pennsylvania. Well, no, not for Pennsylvania. No, things like that. Anything that shoots up into the air like that is not legal in this state. Because for that reason. So if I drive like 45 minutes north and hit a uh, a Phantom Fireworks store, if I don't have a PA license, they can sell me whatever they want. Really? Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I know because I had someone in PA go to one of those with a few out-of-state friends, and he was like, yeah, I really wanted to buy stuff, but they wouldn't sell to me because I was from PA. But the other guys were from out of town, so they didn't care. That makes no sense, but okay. It's the same thing with, um, I think, South Dakota has a law like that, where they'll sell you whatever you want as long as you don't live in South Dakota. Hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Wyoming's very similar, except yeah. they just don't care. Well, They're like, oh yeah, whatever. Just you want to, because Utah, Utah, you can't have kegs, uh, and you can't have. Well, now you can. It used to be you couldn't. Um, and oddly yes. enough, they when when they removed that law, uh, the number of wildfires that started around the 4th of July magically increased <laughs> exponentially. <laughs> they're not quite. They're not I quite sure not. why. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wait, check out this transition. You know, <laughs> you know how fireworks inject danger into the suburbs. Holidays. No, that was a bad. That was a bad segue. Shut up! Shut up! Indie news injection. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why then, give yourself an indie news injection? Thanks, indie games. Alright guys, this week on Indie News Injection, first thing first, it's a bit of a downer. We've all been there, we've all seen it, we've all participated in a Kickstarter, an Indiegogo, or a GoFundMe, or any any form of, of crowdfunding 
that failed. And, uh, you know, it, it, it happens to everybody, or it can happen to everybody. Not everybody can make, make their goals. But uh, there's some people that have actually been doing some research into uh, what the best turnaround is if you actually fail your Kickstarter or other crowdfunding attempt. And uh, most of it's anecdotal because Kickstarter doesn't release their own information to to the public, but uh, some people have been going around and, and contacting failed uh, campaigns to, to kind of get their what's going on with them. And uh, there's actually a fairly good chance that uh, if you redo your campaign, uh, you know, a month or two months down the road, that you will then succeed. And they give a couple of examples, you know, uh, the person, like, uh, telepath tactics for Windows, Mac, and Linux, um, they, was, they, they were asking for $25,000 and they raised 18000 They went back uh, you know, a couple of months after he failed and he was asking for just $15,000 and instead got $41,000. So uh, anecdotally, they say that uh, that if you fail a, a Kickstarter crowdsource campaign, you can redo it, brush up on the things, get feedback from your backers, get feedback from the people that didn't back you. And, you know, we, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mention them cause you know, they're friends and, and uh, I, I felt really sad, but uh, Avalon Lords, if, uh, if any of you guys were following that did not make their Kickstarter goal. That was a big um, goal though. It, it was, was, it was a big goal, but over the course of the month that their campaign ran, they still managed to raise quite a bit in in pledges, so you know it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing. Now I I've talked with a couple of them, and I don't know if they're going to to proceed, but uh, they seem fairly confident that they're going to be able to uh, continue on with their game. But uh, you know if they were to rerun their campaign, the uh, the the best thing is according to the people that have been doing the research into this is to get that original group of people that backed you on your failed to back you within the first seventy two hours of your new campaign. Right, and, and that, that that shoots you to the top. A lot of times they'll feature games yeah, that exactly. hit that like that early pledge mark, and I can see how that works. And so, yeah, exactly. And so they, they, you know, they've said that anecdotally, the the ones that they have seen, anybody that's reran it and, and done so has gotten not only above what they were originally asking for, but makes it that much earlier. Now we have we have a, one friend, Jay Tholen, um, who actually this happened to. He failed his first Kickstarter, and I forget how much was he asking for, like twenty five thousand or something. It was it was something around there. And then, uh, and then he ended up uh, trying again a few months later, and he asked like fifteen thousand, and ended up getting like it was actually similar to this one that they're talking about. He ended up getting what like almost forty thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like just that. almost forty thousand. I think it was like forty eight, forty nine. We we could yeah. be wrong. You can check yeah. the the page. You know. It's so, there. but yeah, I mean it 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 works, and it and it makes sense that you were talking that because I was wondering when you put this. Uh, I think tech put this in. About how I was like, I was like, how how does that make sense if it's the exact same thing, pretty much? But but the fact that all the people that pledged the first time usually pledged the second time as well right away that that probably makes a huge difference. And there's also um, they also go into talking about how you really 
um, set up the Kickstarter. Be, uh, in this case, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the uh, the developer wanted to pay a relatively large amount of money to make sure that all the sounds were perfect, everything was engineered for exactly for specifically for this game, down to the button clicks, the attack sounds, uh, the death sounds, the item sounds, etc. And people weren't really into this. They didn't want their money going to something that, I guess, seemed really minuscule. That trivial, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you can lower costs in certain ways um, to still get the same product, like using royalty or relatively cheap uh, royalty-free or buying royalties to um, cheaper sound effects or... Um, spending money on recording equipment and making your own sound effects, uh, which yeah. I have done in the past uh, in in film, which is a lot surprisingly enough a lot easier than paying somebody else to do it um, if money's tight. Um, but trivial things like that, um, hiring people that you don't need to, spending money on things that might seem um, like large amounts. As soon as you start throwing around large amounts of money. Especially me, like I think, uh oh, is that is that going to be worth it? Is that person worth twelve thousand dollars? Is are, are they going to really pay that much for a server? Like who who needs a professional uh, developer for the for the cover art? You know, yeah. or like, like couldn't you get a friend to do that? So for like, cover, well, we're talking about a game. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. That well, that I was just trying to give examples going across all Kickstarters, like albums and right. You know, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think, too, it's, it depends on, on what platform you're using as well. Because uh, Kickstarter is the all or nothing, and that's uh, with, with the whole, like, you know, all the, all the pledgers coming in at, at the second time all at the beginning um, will happen on Kickstarter because, you know, they get their money back. But on things like Indiegogo, where you keep the money that even if you don't make your goal wouldn't you think that's like a, a little bit harder to, to make successful if you try it again? I would, I would honestly say, I don't think so. I, I, because, because if you manage to make, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say that, uh, hypothetically, I, I'm running a, an Indiegogo campaign for, for my new game. Uh, what, what did we call it last time? Rev's enormous penis. Um, and, <laughs> Come <laughs> and, and to you so soon on Xbox live. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so you know, my my box of squash, we'll call it that, and and so you know, that's that that's the game that I'm going for, and I'm asking for for twenty thousand dollars so that I can I can do the final bits and bobs and all that fun stuff, and uh, say I only get half of that. So in a couple of months, do I need to run another Indiegogo campaign for twenty thousand dollars, or can I drop it down at that point to? You know what some apparently might have felt is a more realistic game for my box of square price of ten thousand dollars, and you know, is if that were the case, I would, I personally would feel that ethically, I would have to make it very clear. Hey, this is round two. Last time I raised half of what I was asking for. That's why I'm only asking for this much this time. And honestly, I think if if you've got this goods to show and you've got you know, and, and you're upfront about it and, and don't do anything super shady. Um, you know, I, I think that it, most people wouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Trans yeah. transparency is probably the biggest thing in, in yep. any campaign because people like they're, they're almost all strangers and they're giving you money. 
Yeah. So yeah. if you're transparent, yeah. it, it'll make you more trustworthy. And mm-hmm. but I, speaking from our point of view too, because we keep mentioning that we're going to be starting an Indiegogo soon. Um, and I'm not shoehorning this in. I'm just like legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we keep we keep talking about we're going to do an Indiegogo soon. I'm personally kind of scared that we're not going to make the goal because um, you know it's a, it's a decent amount of money, and I'm not giving any details yet because it's not finalized. But we're looking at a decent amount of money, but it's all for legitimate reasons. But with Indiegogo, we get to keep any money that's been donated. So right. then comes the thing: well, to get the rest of the things, should we start again, or because then? You could, I mean, I don't know. You, you could ask well, for... As long as, as long as you have it prioritized correctly, and I, I'm not talking about ours specifically, but I mean, you know, if, if for for my box of squash, and and I need, I, I need a graphic artist, and I need an animator, and I need a musician. Uh, sound effects... You know, uh, you know, if, if if that's the three major things that I need when I'm running my my campaign, and and Indiegogo gets me half of what it is. Okay, well, which ones are the most? Which ones are the most important? Well, the animation and the the artist is definitely going to be higher up over my sound effects because right. without those two, you know, you can play a silent game. I don't have any. I, most video games that I play on my on my TV are are muted because I play at three o'clock in the morning. So you say that uh, it was it was originally uh, conceived for a uh, disability game jam. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, and that's that's I mean that's how I think most people do too. Because I mean for ours we have it um, you know prioritized and everything like that. So if, yeah. in case it we don't get it all, but I'm just like, would it be appropriate to? Go um, and get the rest of it. Like, like I mean, if it didn't happen the first time, I, be I, like, think that, I think that really depends on the amount that you really make and and what else needs to be done. Um, especially if you have enough publicity, and although you didn't make your goal, you may have made some money through uh, Indiegogo, um, and possibly have gotten backing from larger companies who are willing to invest into your um, idea. Um, depending on it, it, it's it's a uh, it's unfortunately very uh, open to the possibilities in that case um, because what if all you needed was you know a certain amount of money and you could kind of make that work with the fact that okay well we only have you know uh, fourteen thousand dollars. And, you know, we can we can put that to here and, well, maybe we, we could have, you know, been a little bit better and gotten a little higher quality stuff. But, you know, $14,000 was OK. And that's just a, obviously a, a random estimate. Um, and before we move on, I also want to mention uh, a direction that other people are going as well, other than Kickstarter, Indiegogo and GoFundMe is um, for larger is, is Patreon. Yes, exactly. And um, the way that they will run that, I've seen, for the larger product projects that are going to take a long time and the way that Patreon works is not necessarily a monthly uh, subscription, but a per video uploaded through Patreon subscription where that not only incentivizes um, people to continuously donate an amount of money to a project which keeps them funded, but also incentivizes the individuals for putting out um, update videos and um, other interesting Quality things. For, content. Exactly. 
for the people because that's how they are actually getting the funding because the way Patreon works, if you're not not aware, is either you pay per month or you pay per video. Um, and uploading a video every month or, you know, every once in a while for updates will then allow you to get the money for that video. People are then charged and you have a relatively steady amount of money coming in for the project that might take a while while still keeping your audience updated and they feel, you know, less um, in in the dark about it, about it. Like I kickstarted, I kickstarted a board game over a year ago um, called Zaya Legends of a Drift System. And it, it, it almost didn't make it like it, in the beginning. It was like, it's not going to make it. It's not going to make a hundred thousand dollars. It made $300,000. It's multiple months off schedule, but every single week, the developer of this game, who's one guy, has been sending us pictures of the of the uh, progress. He's been sending us uh, links to uh, tracking information for prototypes that he's been getting. Um, I was able to get a copy to take to a convention and show people, and that update was given to people that week. Um, right now, they are on boats, and he has given the tracking information for the boats that are shipping <laughs> the boxes to Canada and Australia and China right now. And like that transparency is really good, but you need to make sure that you put that up front um, before you're like, oh, we raised the goal. Time to start updating people. No, you need to update people before the goal is reached so people know that, A, you care and that you care about the people who are actually giving you a lot of money because some of these things need a lot of money. And money's important, guys. Like, and, everybody needs it. And a, a note on the Patreon, <laughs> too. Right? Money is important. <laughs> <laughs> the, the note on Patreon, too, is that... Uh, I think it depends on what you're trying to do because things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, if you need, if there's like a large project that you need a lot of money all at the same time, Patreon's yeah. probably not the thing for you, but Patreon is, um, if, which I, I hope to do eventually as well after the Indiegogo, where, you know, if enough people were donating through Patreon, I could possibly do the show full time. And that means a lot better editing, a lot more cool stuff to be done, a lot of extra stuff, um, you know, things like that. We could, and, and it would feed into, uh, I've already mentioned some of the ideas like the, the, um, the, uh, enable the evolution scholarship fund that we had the idea for. Yeah. That's um, a really cool idea. So, I mean, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. If it's, if it's going to be over a long period of time or, or not, yeah, well, uh, those are things to think about. Yeah. And, so speaking, going going from uh, going from uh, games that that have the opportunity to to make their goals, is there, there there's something that has gone gold? Uh, there has <laughs> been a lot of things that have gone gold, and you can get all of them now for a very low price on Steam. Yes, if you have been interested in games like Guacamelee or Hotline Miami, or the very popular Octodad Deadliest Catch. Stanley Parable, too. Stanley Parable is, is another one. I was going to get to that as well. Uh, you can Monaco. all of those up and more. <laughs> I think there's only one more now that we fracked. have. Fracked. Just fracked, which, honestly, I haven't heard of. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> one I haven't heard of. <laughs> you can pick all of those games up until um, September 3rd for nineteen ninety nine on Steam. What? Now, bucks. now, if you have let's just let's just preface this with saying if you have the money to support each of these developers individually, go buy their games individually. I mean, that's if you have just money to spare. But for those yeah. of you on a tight budget, 
I think everyone completely understands, and I think in the end, developers just really want you to play their game. Definitely. You and, know, when and it's all said and done. Pretty big games, like Hotline Miami, um, same developer that um, con- that uh, Jay Tholen and Dropsy is being developed under. Uh, Stanley Parable, uh, Need I Say More, it was super popular on multiple YouTube series. Uh, Octodad, Deadliest Catch, um, again, obviously, it, it was That's popular. like a cult classic, that one. Yeah, yeah. cult classic. Um Guacamelee. That's an uh, Xbox Live thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's on Steam uh, as well, obviously, but like yeah, that it, was like big on Xbox Live. Exactly, and and although again, definitely you you should definitely support the developers here, and and if you're willing to pay full price for some of these games, I definitely recommend it. But let's say you're only interested in buying the Stanley Parable, or you only really want to play uh, Hotline Miami. What you do is you you could buy the pack. And then all of a sudden, you have a bunch of other games that you you might not ever give play. Give to friends, <laughs> or give to friends exactly. Um, so it, it's not only you know sharing the sharing the wealth, but also uh, allowing people to play games that they may never have heard of. I had heard of Monaco, but after looking at it through this thing and thinking like hmm, maybe I want to play these other games, um, I definitely if I picked up the pack, I'd definitely play that game. Monaco and, is pretty fun. I actually have that. Yeah. Mon- Monaco, Monaco, like I, I never really looked into it. It never really was anything that I was interested in. But now that I've seen it, um, you know, it's definitely something that's caught my eye. And um, the sheer diversity of the games that are here um, is definitely something to talk about because Stanley Parable is a adventure. That's that's just a game unto itself, really. It's it's, it's really it's a narrative. Hard to that's... Yeah, exactly. Um, Octodad is a very um, silly. Let's be honest. It's, it's a silly <laughs> made for YouTubers to sort of play and mess around in. It's a little bit um, of a rage game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Monaco and Hotline Miami, very, uh, you know, top-down, skill-based, uh, figure out what you like and roll with it. Um, Guacamelee, uh, unfortunately, this game is totally... It's a uh, standard platformer, pretty much. I mean, right, right, I shouldn't yeah. say standard. That makes it sound boring, yeah, like, but it's, like, it's like a platformer. Like action... Uh, you know, and then um, Fract, Fract, which no, it's sort of. uh, it's a musical exploration game. Uh, so I you can read the description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, developers of Fract, if you're listening, I haven't played your game, I haven't heard of it, but now I have, so the packs work. That's what, yeah, um, that's one good thing about having these types of bundles and things like that. It it does introduce you to these games that you've never heard of, and then all of a sudden, you know, like oh wow, it's like a hidden gem, and people are like, hey, I should keep a lookout for the, this developer's yeah. next game. And, yeah. and you are saving, j- just for those who uh, haven't already clicked buy on this deal yet, it ends September 3rd. You sound like uh, a QVC we, host. <laughs> and, well, we're not we're not getting paid either. Like, this isn't an ad. This is just a lot of really cool games. You are saving $64.95 buying this pack. That's a lot of dosh. That's what, like, what is a dosh? Dosh? It's what, like a... Dosh is funny. Like, yeah. I've never heard a, that. A it's a different... Have you ever played um, uh, Killing Floor? Uh, once. Okay, well, the characters in Killing Floor say stuff like that if you, like, throw people money. Anyway, um, that's a lot of money. 64 bucks, that's like a new AAA title on a system anymore, basically. Like, you're getting a bunch of games for the cost of a uh, a game that you can play in uh, 90p on your uh, nice. PS4. <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, if you're interested in any of these games, if you're on the fence with any of these games, I definitely recommend buying the pack. Uh, Hotline Miami is very fun. Octodad is, if you like 
games like Octodad. Stanley Parable, um, if you haven't seen anything about Stanley Parable, I, I recommend, like, just pay 20 bucks, get the pack, play Stanley Parable. Just trust. <laughs> so, out of out of curiosity, do you know why exactly they did this? Um, no. You don't. Okay. Right. Way so to go. I mean, there's this little thing, there's this little uh, convention that's going on in Seattle right now called uh, PAX. PAX what? Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I... Uh, little little thing. Never Penny heard of Arcade it. Expo? I've never heard of Penny Arcade Expo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and so they actually they they got a bunch of of indie developers together and they went with the they they actually got a booth at PAX Prime and they called it the Indie Mega Booth. And in order to like, I, they've got seventy three devs with seventy eight games and they kind of wow. took the the you know. The, Based on my understanding, is the the devs themselves uh, went through the list of all the games that were going to be there and and said, you know what, these are the ones we'll throw it in a bundle. That's awesome, and especially so, because it is the devs and not just Steam being like, yeah, we're going to put this game on sale. Yeah, that's cool that they yeah. that they did yeah. it themselves, and that's that's one thing I wish it would happen more often. I I, I like the fact and. I was gonna say I was like maybe I should mention the other idea, but we'll we'll save that. But I, I do like the fact that uh, the idea of of devs kind of controlling their own uh, prices and everything. It's it's EO kind of already does that. Um, yeah. Yep. Even free if you really want and, to. But and going from uh, uh, developers and conventions celebrating games, we have uh, another uh, another thing celebrating games, which is a museum. Yeah. Seattle EMP Museum is holding an indie game revolution exhibition. So, uh, what, what, let me go to the notes, make sure we get this right. <laughs> uh, the EMP, EMP stands for Experience Music Project. So, the Experience Music Project Museum in Seattle uh, is holding the indie game ex- uh, exhibit. And they're hosting, um, it's going to feature over 40 different projects. Um, but some of the. Some of the notable ones, probably the the two biggest ones uh, that I that I've noticed is Papers Please and Gone Home. They're going to be exhibited, and also just one to keep an eye on that I, that I have my eye on that I'm hoping to feature on the show at some point is Never Alone. And uh, during Indie Three, we talked to um, what, what's her name, Elizabeth. Yep. Is that her name? Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. who who was really into like the indigenous. Uh, like supporting indigenous cultures and, and keeping that kind of thing alive, and Never Alone is very uh, into that whole thing with with uh, did, Inuit did culture. We not, did we not already talk about that game? Never Alone. Yeah, I think it got mentioned during Indie Three, but I don't think we actually because because I, I remember like look looking this game up either on my own time or something else, and it, it's just real. No, no, no. Wait, it wasn't Never Alone. It was a different game, uh, but about the same group of people. It, but oh, it had God. like, do you remember it had like the a word that we couldn't pronounce? Oh right, yeah, I remember. <laughs> but yeah. so I, you're getting confused with that, but it's right. it's a similar t- t- kind of yeah. deal. Um, so, but yeah, there's some notable games that are going to be exhibited, and I think it's just, I think it's just cool to um, to see like something as prestigious as you know. Like a museum, like I mean, we're t- when you think of museum, you're thinking like art, history, like really culturally relevant things. Yeah, or and, old things. And and well, culturally, yeah, old things are yeah, culturally exactly. relevant. Things that have been established for a while. And and to see indie games 
getting that kind of attention that people are really starting to uh, to to notice that hey this is really uh, in, in their words revolutionizing the industry and I, I also I just want to point out how similar this is to to our to our own philosophies in the game riot enable the evolution enable the yep. revolution same difference so <laughs> I like <laughs> yeah. that too well they make they, they make a very good point uh, they it, it starts it starts November 8th is when the exhibit opens uh, I assume to give a couple of developers time to finish their their games but they they do make a, a very good point that if if you're if you go back to the through the history of video games, uh, video games kind of started as indies. Like, like sure. nobody had big publishers and and stuff like that. Stuff on like Commodore you know, sixty four. That was all just people in their garage. Exactly, and and Zork and Dwarf Fortress. Like yeah. some of some of the most popular games today. Like the the ones that my if my parents played video games, you know, looked back on fondly. You know the. Those were independent guys. Pong was an indie game, you know. So they're they they're really they're 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 taking almost. We're we're now nearing the the three quarters of a century uh, of of game development uh, and you know glorifying that. So has it been that long? Yeah, it's been sixty it's been- years, more than sixty years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. We're talking about something way bigger than us, Josh. <laughs> Man, yeah, but that just makes me feel ancient. Yeah, Rev, well, you're like <laughs> you're like you should be dusting bones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the way I look at it, look at it is that if um, if the first sixty years is this, just think about the next sixty years, and we're gonna be alive for that. So I'm like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. What I I'd like to see, and this is probably stretching it, but I'd like to see. Uh, like a, a a really prevalent video game museum that has like it's like an all the time indie game section, and I'd like it to be interactive, and I'd like it to have you know like uh, kind of like walkthroughs of not walkthroughs of the game, but like walkthroughs of the history yeah. uh, of indie games and like or or maybe the development of some of the more popular ones, things like that. I think that'd be really cool. Get on it, billionaires! That would, that would actually be a really cool thing. Yeah, Smithsonian. You heard the idea. Now buy it. <laughs> but anyway, forward. Any other uh, any other questions for you guys? Now, other than that, I'm a little bit disappointed that I don't live in Seattle and I can't go see it. That sounds cool. <laughs> well, you know. That's... Well, you know, you know, though. You know, starting to riot and everything. Starting to riot. Starting to riot. Starting to riot. This week on Starting the Riot, we have a game called See No Evil. Uh, It is an isometric dark puzzle game uh, where you manipulate sound to uh, complete these puzzles. It takes place in a world where most of the people in this universe have become willingly blind to the world. And those who can see have been basically cast out from the society that is basically like based around sound obviously because if you can't see you can hear so you go through a bunch of different levels uh using uh different sounds to complete uh puzzles and spike traps and everything gets progressively uh more difficult as 
the uh, as the game goes on. And you also have to understand that the entire world is against you because you can see and you have chosen to see. I just want and, to point this out that uh, it would be even cooler if it was instead of sound based, it would be smell based. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> you just, yeah. Go ahead. No, like, you know, if you could have a peripheral plug into your computer that has a bunch of different scents that you have to, like, reload. It'd be like a printer. That's going to be the next printer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smell vision printer. No. Um, so, uh, so basically, I'm, 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 I'm getting the fact that I'm just a regular guy that's walking around in a universe filled with Daredevil that is trying to kill me. Well, you're uh, solving puzzles. Yeah, basically. You're trying to basically move forward. I mean, obviously right. that... Well, Daredevil's sound- trying to kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is this a guy, by the way? I thought it was a girl. Um, I... It might be a girl. I may I may just be because of this ponytail. Uh, it's a relatively androgynous individual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, either way, might be a guy. Might be a girl. Who cares, really? I'm okay with that, yeah. And uh, like, like we were talking about in the break before... Uh, before this game, one of the best reviews we have read that Rev pointed out is, you know, Rev, why don't you just read it? You know, okay. So this, the best this person, yeah, this is a one of the best reviews I've ever read, and B, it's my favorite one for this game. Uh, the person reviewing this has 1.8 hours recorded playing on this, and the entire review is, and I quote, it has papers that fly around when you walk over them. 11 out of 10! I... I- <laughs> I, I find it hard, though, to, to beat anything that was in uh, the Stomping Land. No, that's true. <laughs> those, those, those reviews are pretty fantastic. Yeah. But, but like, no, it, okay, so aside from all joking about, you know, a crappy review, um, like a humorous but less than useful review, um, th- this game looks looks fantastic and and we can make we can make little jokes about you know uh you know hear no evil see no evil speak no evil or whatnot but um no like i I, i'm interested to see how the sound mechanic applies like as you're as you're walking obviously they i they they kind of took uh i kind of get a vibe out of like the uh the uh mark of the ninja where all of your audio that you create uh appears graphically and so, like, how how does it counter between, you know, the, the the enemies are walking, so I can see them, but they can only hear me, but their sound also appears there, like their footsteps, and I, I'm I'm interested to see the interplay is what, I guess what I'm going for. And you also have um, sort of sound based attacks to inter- to um, interact with the world. Um, because obviously this is a world developed by people who have no sight or choose not to see. Uh, so you you have the abilities to manipulate the world around you through sound that you create, sort of like spells or whatever. Um, and that's part of the the way that you go about the puzzles. If that uh, if that clears anything up, it's interesting. Uh, there's how. Sorry, this is kind of. I was looking at the thing, and it's just interesting how small everything seems about. Like they have a they have a separate publisher, and it's just one guy that's credited as the developer, Gabriel Prisk or Prisky, and they don't have like very many features listed like this or anything like that. But yeah. everyone who's played it is saying it's one of the best puzzle games that they've ever played. Yeah. 
and that and that's with people who have played it for like this you know 20 hours 16 hours 11 hours not like, to mention a soundtrack yeah exactly yeah. That, and, that seemed to be the one thing that everybody's commented on and, and and like listening to this game everything is very much you feel like you are on the board that you're playing um, there are some times when you might play a game where you're like, oh, yeah, there's a sound effect, but it doesn't really bring you into the environment that you are in. And I guess we get spoiled with a lot of first-person games where you can look around and be like, oh, yeah, this is a room. That makes sense why there is an echo. But with a more simplistic uh, art style like Xeno Evil has, um, having the sounds really make the the atmosphere that you're a part of, as well as it being very drab and... Um, very isolated and cold um, really sells the the effect that they were trying to go for. Uh, also, on on a slightly side note, have you guys noticed the the plethora of of isometrics? There there have been. Well, I think. What what does it deal with that? I you know I have one is, word. Is it just easier art wise? Like Bastion. Oh, everyone's trying to copy Bastion. I mean, before Bastion, really? Before Bastion, it was actually side scroller because uh, there was Braid. But mm. Mark the Ninja, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird how isometrics have begun. Not that it's a bad thing. I know for Rev, he has this that, strange oh, the idea that that worked. You know, Bastion worked. Let's let's do something similar. Or you know, what's that? I think tech might be having some some issues there. That sounded like that sounded like someone dropped the bomb on his house. Right? <laughs> well, anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how isometrics have just kind of taken over. And I know you, Rev, uh, have this weird issue against it. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. All right, sorry, it's it's all sorts of things going on. We've got some technical issues at the moment, folks. I, we apologize. We're working behind scenes while we continue on that. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I, I've because in large part because of so many games that are coming out that are isometrics, um, I, I literally had less uh, of an issue lately because if I didn't want to play an isometric game, I'm I'm pretty much limited in my game choices at this point. So <laughs> you're just, you're just succumbing to it. Yeah, it, it, it's just it, it's finally starting to grow on trying, me. And, well, go ahead. Yeah. Are you are you talking? One thing that go I ahead. before I my internet decided to hate me. Yeah, I'm talking. <laughs> um, is that maybe? I think uh, are just ready for isometrics now. I think I think you got some major lag, but it's okay because you know uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because well then. Because uh, I don't think there's too much more to say about Sea No Evil. Am I correct? Anyone else have questions here? I would. Uh, it is fifteen dollars for a one pack and twenty dollars for a two pack. All right. <laughs> On Steam, I, and you can get the soundtrack, which is everybody, everybody except Mister. There are papers that fly. Uh, everybody says the soundtrack is bloody amazing. And uh, so before before Tex uh, sneezes and his jaw comes and hinges, his tongue falls out of his mouth or whatever the hell's going on with him. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, and I can die. Let's, let's. <laughs> I think uh, I think we should move on to Peep Show. 
please give all your attention to Early Access. And this week on Peep Show, we have a game. Call yet it is yet another horror game, as Rev likes to point out. <laughs> but I swear to you, I'm not all about horror. It's just that horror is a big genre right now, especially in the indie games. Uh, this one is called Darkwood, a surreal horror experience for the PC, Mac, and Linux, made by Acid Wizard Studio. Um, Darkwood is a top-down survival horror, and has. First of all, it's really challenging. Um, there's a choices and consequence system going on. So you make a choice. It has an effect on you. has an effect on your gameplay. has an effect of your enemies and everything like that. Um, there's heavy exploration in it. Uh, there's perks and abilities uh, that you can, you know, like trees and things like that. There's crafting and just generally a really great atmosphere. Um, it is an early access, but you wouldn't be able to tell by, you know, when you're playing it. Um I think probably as far as the horror aspect goes, there's, there's the storyline is creepy, but and then there's like horror, there's monsters out there that try and kill you, things like that. But I think the the creepiest part of it, from 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 what I've seen of it, is probably the art of the characters when they because when you talk to a character, it shows their you know their portrait and it's kind of like a, a motion gif. Yeah. And uh, some of those some of those portraits are pretty pretty disturbing. Um, there's one particular there's one particularly that that it was like a little boy who played the violin and he was trying to like serenade this girl or woman or something um, in this house and you go out to, you outside and talk to him and he's like he's like 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 ugh, ugh, just thinking about it the hair there's like little hair sticking out of him and his skin is like oozy and dripping and he has like this tiny little mask with like one of those long noses that italian like renaissance doctors used to wear like yeah oh it's like docs yeah yeah like he had one of those like but it's like super tiny like it, it covered like the center of his face but it, it covered enough to cover his eyes and, and nose and everything uh but it was just it was just Everything, the proportion was just disturbing. It was just all disturbing. Uh, it's hard to see. I don't know. Maybe I can find a uh, picture. Note to self: when editing, find a picture <laughs> to put to put on of the of the guy. Because yeah, it's yeah, just 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 flash it very shortly, just to sort of like like bah, right there. That's it. That's all you get. Just a little. Frame. No, it's when 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 no one's expecting it. It's like when it's yeah. like a completely different subject. Bah, and then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like earlier in the show, you're gonna already see it and be like, "What the fuck was that? What are you guys doing?" Exactly. It's kind of what this game is is like, actually. And for a top down, like I was looking at him, like Josh, did you seriously just pick a top down horror game? And no, uh, and no, and the first thing that you think of when you think of top down horror games is just a shoot 'em up, right? Uh, not yeah. not shoot 'em up, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you just go through and just blast everything away because um, mm-hmm. there's tons of games like that. But this is not that. As a matter of fact, you barely do any shooting because you. First of all, it takes a while for you to even get a gun, and second of all, when you do, its resources are extremely limited. There's a heavy, there's a heavy learning curve. It's not like, it's not so much learning curve like Terraria or Minecraft, but you really have to figure out. It, it doesn't hold your hand. Um, it like briefly mentions don't go, don't be outside at nighttime because you will die, and it says that like <laughs> once, maybe twice, and. At a certain, but it doesn't tell you, you know, when you're in a house, 
you got to barricade the windows <laughs> because they will crawl in and come after you. Things like that. So, um, if you like a challenge, this is definitely a game for you as well. Yeah. And uh, just, so, just, having, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Jeez, just guys. having like uh, roguelike features to it, or is it very much more traditional than that? No, this is traditional. Um, oh. I mean, Are you sure? yeah. Are you sure about that? We're, okay, you're gonna show. You're gonna point. I know it says roguelike, but I don't really. I, I disagree with their with their own explanation. At least from what I've seen, because roguelike to me is, you, it's it's difficult and you die, and things carry over, right? To your but, next okay. Gameplay. So 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 rogue the 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 roguelikes are are more about the. Uh, things you non non pre-programmed things it's not it's not mass effect where you go to the uh, you know you go to city one or planet one and you do x y and z and then you go to planet two and you do abc and then you like no no, no. It, it's you get stuck down here is your house cool your house is different each time and you know the enemies face that you face at different times like that's that's kind of what they were going for in the whole roguelike genre is that it, you literally have no the the it's randomized chance i see I, I see what you're saying with that. It is it is randomized as far as every time you play but i i still kind of disagree just simply because it's not uh it's not permadeath but permadeath's not necessarily a a requirement for for a roguelike. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not permadeath. So so why would you start another game unless you've unless you're either unhappy with your current game or you've beaten it and you just want to play again? The, the challenge. Why not? I mean, like I, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But at the same time, like if you never played a video game and been like, okay, as soon as I die, like I for example, uh, back at the heyday of my my heyday. Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved days, uh, I would challenge myself on, on Legendary that if I got shot, not even killed, just if I lost any, any shield or health, I had to restart the level. Do you have any idea how difficult that is and what a challenge that adds to a game? No, no, I ended up giving up on that challenge. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it is that kind of level of adding a challenge to things that, you know, if, if I'm playing this game, which already I'm going to have issues with <laughs> because, you know, creepy and, and stuff. I was looking at some of the, the uh, concept art, and yeah, it's definitely creepy. But, uh, you know, for the, for the challenge, okay, so I got to level 27, and all of a sudden my shit falls apart, my life gets weirded out, and my character dies... I may not want to proceed towards the ending. Well, that's what I said. Like, if you're not happy with your current game, but I, I think I think I can see where Rev's going with that because this does have a lot of um, choice in the matter where your decisions of what you do affect the game uh, in front of you right. that, that you are going towards. And so, if you don't like uh, the direction that it's going, you could either either reload an old save or just completely start anew and take a completely different direction. When, but m the biggest hesitation I have is with mechanics like that because whenever a game implements a oh you could be good or you could be bad or everything are you that a you boy? decide, or are you a girl? <laughs> exactly like <laughs> like everything that that uh, that you decide on, whether you realize you're deciding on it or not, changes the game in some way, and that's why I had problems with games like um, E.G. and um, oh, what's the other one? The the really popular side-scrolling shooter. Uh, adventure game 
uh, Cave Story. I had huge problems with Cave Story because it's an amazing game, but it's like, well, I at this point, well, I need something to the ending different. that I want and then do the things. That, well, yeah, it is different because they are, you know, generated, like, non pre Well, that's, that's really generated like, level. you're talking about multiple different endings. This is like, yeah. this is like you're creating your own story just straight yeah. out. Um, by the by, the choices that you make, but I mean, I, I I see where the roguelikes come in. So you're, I mean, you're right about that, uh, Rev. But I, I still have a hard time putting it into that genre with the rest of the roguelikes that I'm familiar with. Um, no. but I, I see where this comes in. I still consider it more of a an an, an adventure slash survival horror, um, with bits of crafting and everything like that into it. But uh. Well, go ahead. Okay, but I, I was going to say, like, ultimately, I mean, if you think about it, uh, never mind. You, you, you came around to my way. I think I'm not going to keep. I'm not going to keep beating you with the roguelike. I'm right, stick. <laughs> uh, and oh yeah, and it also ma- mashes RPG into it with the uh, perks tree. Um, and basically, from what I've seen of that, is the the perks are actually have pretty heavy uh, consequences as far as your game goes too, because um, you get a perk it. it you know, boost an attribute. The second perk that you get, and by the way, you get these perks by finding mushrooms, shoving them into a syringe, and then injecting yourself with them, and then having a fever dream <laughs> before coming to and uh, choosing so, like, your Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, the uh, the second perk that you have to get, you choose you choose uh, an upgrade, but then you also have to choose a negative effect. Um, so, I mean, for instance, things, and usually it comes in. Uh, you know, opposites, you know, pair, as far as pairing goes. Um, you can have a, a much more wide field of view or a longer field of view because part of the game is is if you're not looking in a certain direction, you can't see what's there. Like, it'll, it'll gray it out. Um, or it'll make the animals, which are animals that will attack you, uh, less aggressive towards you or more aggressive. Um, it'll, you know, boost your health, whatever, you know, anything like that. But then there's also the, the negative effect that you have to choose as well. Okay. And, uh, and it is currently, again, early access. So it's actually, in my opinion, I mean, generally speaking, early access, 15 bucks or more is pretty steep for an early access game. However, much like the last early access game, last episode we talked about Invisible Ink, this is a game that you can't even tell it's early access. Um, I, I actually, um, looking into it, I, I had forgotten that it was early access. I'm like, oh, we're reviewing a game, an yeah. actual full game. All right. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you can't you can't even tell. So, 15 bucks for this is a pretty good deal, in my opinion, even though it is early access. Um, so, if you have 15 bucks to spare and you like this kind of game, I would definitely suggest it. Uh, any other questions? Not really, no. Not, not really. Just looking at looking at the art, it's it, it's creepy. It's eerie. They, we've we've talked about what it's going to be on. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, they 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 did ask in their in their facts. Uh, can I monetize videos of me playing Darkwood? And their answer? Of Hell no. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, so there yeah, like, you go. I think this would be a fun game to a fun game to let's play. Yeah, definitely. Let's play it, guys. Give it yeah. some give it some publicity. Get the game growing. The bigger the game gets, the more cool updates they'll do since it's in early access. You know, again, much like Invisible Ink, I don't know what else they're going to do with this. But whatever else they do with it is probably going to be even better. It's going to be pretty awesome. So just keep it growing. Now, uh, you know what? 
is not a horror game <laughs> and does not cost 15 bucks and uh, that game uh, that I'm talking about is going to take place in free fun after this alright and on free fun this week we have Fentopia or Phenotopia or something like that Phoenotopia Phoenotopia Phoenix Phoenix Otopia. Phoenotopia. Yeah. yeah, Phoenotopia. Uh, this is actually a game on Newgrounds, and uh, I want to thank Josh for, for finding this one because uh, as we were talking before the show, uh, I, it's got Tech wants to sink hours upon hours into it, but you know, he's being an adult and attending school and you know, working <laughs> with all that fun stuff. Yeah. So he doesn't have the time to, and it's uh, it, it's been literally hot as testicles on fire at my place lately, so my laptop is overheating relatively quickly. Have you had experience with that? Testicles on fire? Not personally, but I've seen others with that issue. Fantastic. Um, I, I <laughs> So, so the uh, the art style on this is it, it's very much a, kind of a throwback to uh, like imagine Chrono Trigger if it was a side scroller, and you kind of get the idea of what it's like. Um, and it, it's it's a flash game. It's not too resource intensive. It's nothing super amazing, but apparently it is many hours long yeah. it's a full full-fledged rpg it does have a save uh, feature so don't worry about because i mean most people think flash games no save they gotta play it all at once it does have a save feature as long as you're enabling yeah. cookies i believe yeah and uh, I've, always, I've always found that games that are on a browser that have a save file that are like like that that know you're gonna need a save file and have had time put into them are worth it yeah um i actually they're the biggest regret i have every day not every day, but like every once in a while, I remember there was this shmup that I played on Newgrounds years ago that had a save. I played it for like six hours one day, <laughs> saved it, and forgot what it was. And it was so much fun, and there was so much story and so many awesome characters. And I just want to keep playing, but I can't find it. So play this game. Don't don't <laughs> let it lose. Don't lose it. It's special. <laughs> Well, see the the bonus the bonus to doing games like this in in, in indie game Riot is that uh, we always have a physical record. Like I keep going back to earlier episodes and being like, "Oh yeah, I I remember I downloaded that. I never got around to actually playing it." So, uh, but no, uh, this uh, the this one was written by somebody named Quells. Uh, music the artist was Marshmallow Pirate. And uh, the music was done by Silly the Willy and Cruz B. And this is basically somebody has uh, has a mysterious force has abducted the villagers of of this little village. And you play Gale, a loyal citizen, and you survived it. And armed with a, a trusty stick, you go out and punch frogs and solve puzzles. Who doesn't punch frogs? I don't know. Crazy people, that's who. So yeah, no, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, the it does it does allow for a 360 controller support. Uh, so if you got one of those, you can plug it in. Um, but uh, it was it was designed off of your your arrow keys and uh, and ZX and what was the next one in my keyboard C. <laughs> so. I, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm actually the... pacing around my laptop as we're as we're doing this. You have to so. go to the bathroom. You sure? No, 
I, it's like a phone conversation. Like I don't, I don't sit still while I'm talking to people on the phone. I pace, and, and like when I'm when I'm talking about something that's cool, I get excited about it, and I got to stand up, and I just kind of like walk back and forth. And, yeah. So, so if you're gonna take anything away from this segment, uh, Phenotopia gives you ants in your pants, and yes. uh, you should you should be extremely excited for that because uh, it's like a, an indie game, a, fr- a, a, a cheap indie gamer's boner. Um, I think that's I think that's the tagline they want to put on that game, right? I, I think so. Yeah, if they're not okay with it, I am. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, Newgrounds.com, Phenotopia, free, and they even if you don't have a Newgrounds account, first of all, get, get a Newgrounds account. It's free and supports the site. Newgrounds has been around since like '99 or something uh, like that. Uh, I believe it, I believe it was '99, and uh, Dave. They're one of the few sites that don't always they they ha, they 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 encourage these kinds of creative games, um, you know, as opposed to something like Armor Games, where it's like the same tower defense game that you've played a million times over. Um, so get a get a get an account, vote for the game, and vote it up. You get achievements and scores and put on your profile and things like that. And uh, of course, you can send messages to the author and telling him. How uh, freaking awesome it is! Great. All right. Now, uh, anything else to say about Phenotopia? Um, as soon as this is done, and probably tomorrow, if I can like get some time away to myself, uh, instead of doing what I usually do to myself, I'm probably going to be playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> better. Than you heard it here first, guys. Phenotopia better than masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> That's the no, that's their tagline right there. <laughs> this is this is full of fantastic uh, quotes, but unfortunately, the fantastic quotes uh, are coming to an end. As is the show. This is Aww. this is the outro, my friends. Um, but before we uh, let you know how to keep up up to date with uh, you know future shows and things like that, let me tell you. Uh, first of all, those of you listening on a live stream, you can't hear, but on our recorder versions, we always have background music. And let me tell you, those of you listening to the recorder version, if you love the music, the guy who made this music, or girl, I don't really know, um, the name is Jen Klops, and you can find them on the link in the description. And uh, go check that out. If you are an indie game, or indie video game musician, or even a de- or indie game developer, um, contact us, or if you know someone who is one of those things, contact us, and we could feature you on the show. Give you the shout-outs, send some traffic your way, and we just love featuring awesome talent. Um, and uh, just to, again, we've mentioned it a couple times earlier, uh, before I give you the contact information, we are planning on starting an Indiegogo, so please keep that in the back of your mind, and uh, maybe save up a little money and help support us in a way we can make a better show for all of you, and of course... And a better experience. Better experience, and uh, to, to keep up to date, because we're going we're gonna to keep updating people about it, um, to keep up to date with that, here are some links for you. First, um... If you don't listen live, or if you're listening to the recorded version, we have a live show just about every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, approximately. And um, you can listen to us live on hitbox.tv slash joshnya. Those of you listening live, you can watch our recorded version on youtube.com slash Gaming. 
Um, that, of course, has the background music and game footage and cool little video bumpers um, that I hope they upgrade using the Indiegogo campaign. <laughs> and uh, you can also keep up to date with us and, and talk to us through Twitter. Our handle is at IGR Podcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash IGR Podcast. You can check us out there and talk to us there. We also have a subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Indie Game Riot. Our website for the time being, which will hopefully get upgraded using the Indiegogo campaign, is igrpodcast.webs.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us uh, any kind of message that you want through that, or you can just email directly to joshnyargaming at gmail.com. I mentioned the Reddit, brought to you by yep. Domino's Enable the Evolution, Start the Riots of whatever. I got all that. Anything else? <laughs> No. Uh, no? No. No. Wow. It's a good show, guys. I mean, what can I yeah. say? <laughs> wow. First, I think that's the first time in the history of the show that no one's ever had something to say about my outro. That's <laughs> <laughs> because you said it already. It feels, it feels yeah. good. It feels good. Good job, me. High five. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I think this is a good time as any to uh, say goodbye. Catch you later, guys. Tech. So, did he seriously drop? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's his goodbye. Everyone, uh, blow up his Twitter. Uh, that's a uh, uh, Tekido underscore on Twitter. Go blow it up and say yeah. uh, how much your jerk he is for just hanging up on you all. Toodles. <laughs>